Let's open God's Word together and turn to the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23, our text this morning will be the second part of verse 4. A Psalm of David by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our text is the second part of verse 4. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Beloved of God, on the journey <clears throat> that the sheep must make, it is the presence of the shepherd that makes all the difference. Of course, in Psalm 23, there is a shepherd, there are sheep, and there is a journey. The shepherd is a picture of God, the sheep is a picture of God's people, and the journey is a picture of the light of the life that we must lead as God takes us through the life he has for us on our way home. Israelite shepherds often had to lead their sheep on a year-long journey through parts of Israel, there not being enough grass in one location, and they would take them through places that were green pastures, quiet waters, and places that were wilderness, even valleys that were like the valley of the shadow of death. But the goal was always to bring them back home, home to the shepherd's own house, the picture of heaven itself. And though that journey may be treacherous at times, it is the presence of the shepherd with the sheep along that journey that makes all the difference in the world. He has determined the right pathway to take. He knows how long to spend in each location. He is always with them, guiding them, leading them the exact right way to his home. And along that way, he has the tools as the shepherd that are needed to guide, to preserve, to lead the sheep home to his house. An Israelite shepherd, as many shepherds still today in the Middle East and in parts of Africa, was known to take very, very little with them on these journeys. As far as tools are concerned, only two sticks, a staff and a rod. God himself refers to these two instruments again in Zechariah 11, verse 7, where he again pictures himself as the good shepherd of the sheep using these two sticks, a staff and a rod, 
and I will feed the flock of slaughter, even you, or, O poor of the flock. And I took unto me two staves, or two sticks, the one I called beauty, and the other I called bands. Other than these two sticks, a staff and a rod, there was very little else the shepherd took. Perhaps some food, some water, maybe in his shepherd's bag, and in that bag also some oil for anointing sores or cuts upon the sheep. But beyond that, not much else. He was free, unencumbered therefore, to use his staff and his rod as was necessary to preserve, to guide, to lead the sheep along the journey and home. And the shepherd knew how to use the staff and the rod too. We're told that shepherd boys growing up in a sheep herding family would begin learning how to use the staff and the rod very young. And by the time they were grown up and were able to be chief shepherds, they were experts in the use of these tools so that the staff and the rod almost became extensions of them, their own selves and their use of them among the sheep. The staff and the rod in the psalm are pictures of the word of God in the hands of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11 verse 4 speaks of the rod out of God's mouth. The word of God comes out of his mouth and comes out of his mouth as a rod. The staff and the rod are the word of God in the hands of the Spirit, especially in the manner in which it is applied as staff and rod upon the people of God. As such, it is a large part of the presence of the shepherd with his sheep. Thou art with me. How do the sheep know that he is with them? In large part by this. Thy staff and thy rod. The staff and the rod are extensions of the shepherd himself that touch the lives of the sheep and are very much a large part of the shepherd's own presence in their life. For us, as for them, often through the use of under-shepherds. David had under-shepherds under him, 1 Samuel 17, verse 20. And Christ has under-shepherds under him, chiefly the office bearers of the church, serving God by preaching the word, serving God by bringing the word to us from house to house, ruling the church by the word of God, administering the mercies of Jesus Christ along with the word of God. And that will be the main application, therefore, that the staff and the rod of the great shepherd Jesus Christ come to us in the main through his under-shepherds, his use of under-shepherds who use that staff and that rod. In the office of believer too, Christ shepherds his sheep with staff and rod. Parents in the home, in the lives of their children with staff and rod. In the lives of each other in the office of believer, we administer staff and rod, the word of God in different manners. In our own lives for ourselves too, in our own governing of our own lives, in our own use of the word of God, there is a sense in the office of believer that we shepherd ourselves, regenerated by the Spirit of Christ, using the word by staff and rod. 
God's presence, the great shepherd's presence, Jesus' presence as shepherd amongst us as the staff and the rod touch us. And therefore for the sheep of utmost comfort to us. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The shepherd's comforting tools. Notice first the staff, second the rod, and third the comfort. The shepherd's comforting tools, the staff, the rod, and the comfort. The shepherd's staff was a long stick with a crook on the end of it. It would be formed out of a small tree that would be cut down and the little branches cut off of that tree. And by applying water repeatedly and slowly bending the top of that tree, they would make a crook out of the top of that staff. The shepherd's staff would be employed by the shepherd when a more gentle approach was effective with the sheep. The rod, the shepherd's rod, was smaller, shorter, maybe two, three feet, maybe a touch thicker, and it had a knob at the end. Probably you've seen small trees that have a knob at the bottom just where the tree hits the surface of the dirt, or sometimes that knob is just below the surface, that knob would be a major part of the rod, not as the handle, but rather as the business end of that rod. And the rod was employed by the shepherd when a more intense use of the shepherding of the shepherd was needed upon the sheep. Let's start with that staff. The staff that the shepherd used, a more gentle approach, first of all, represents the regular, committed guidance and encouragement of the Word of God for the sheep as they walk upon the right path. The shepherd with his longer staff as the sheep were going down the path, on the path, would nudge them. Sometimes the sheep would be going slower than the rest and need some nudging on the backside to encourage it to keep going, to keep up. Sometimes some nudging this way, that way, to keep them all together upon the right path. But a more gentle use because the sheep are generally moving upon the right path, on the way as the shepherd has determined the way to his house. And God, Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, uses the staff of the word that way too. God guides his people by that word. He encourages them. He gets them going under that word. Press on to the mark. Run the race. He encourages them by the gospel. He declares his law over them and says, this is the way to go nudges them along, guides them. This is the path that is ahead of you. Here is the Word of God. Follow, keep going upon this path. The Word of God is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be perfect or complete, mature, 
thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Especially then, this is the, the positive instruction. In the right way, go this way. The encouragement of the gospel, gentle reproofs, keep moving along this path. That the shepherd's staff is the word of God, used in that way, means that the shepherd's staff is not our inner desires or feelings that are contrary to that word. That's not Jesus' staff by which he guides, leads, encourages the sheep. We have to be so careful with this, especially in our culture where so often it is seen that whatever desire or feeling comes up within you, that is the voice of God to you. And the guidance of God for His sheep is not this objective word that comes down from above that acts as this shepherd's staff upon us, showing us the right way to go, encouraging us on the right way to go, but rather, it is whatever we feel or desire within us. And especially where there are theological commitments that say that those desires and feelings are in fact the voice of God to us, there's great trouble. Certain aspects of Pentecostalism and charismaticism, not all, but certain aspects of them set up our feelings even above the Word of God and desires and, and words that we think of. So that even if the Word of God says, this is the pathway, guides us to go here, instead you are to trust whatever comes to you within as the voice of God to you. But even if we don't subscribe to that kind of theological understanding or direction that is a wrong theological and dangerous theological understanding, this is still tempting for us in big ways and in small ways because we all want to be gods of our own lives out of our old man of sin. We all want to rule ourselves. We all want to guide ourselves along a pathway that we want to follow. And what better way to convince myself that it's okay to follow the pathway that I want to follow than to convince myself that all of my desires and inward feelings are in fact the voice of God to me. And so this is a danger for us always. Always. We must come back to this. It is the Word of God that guides along the pathway. Our feelings are real. Our desires are real. <clears throat> must be dealt with as real. But they're not always the voice of truth to us. And always we must be doing two things with our feelings and desires. Checking them against the objective teaching of the word of Jehovah God. Are these righteous feelings? Are these righteous desires? And then two, more and more, praying that my feelings arise out of the direction of the Word of God to me. So that what the Word says and how the Word interprets my life becomes more and more the source of my feelings. God guides by His staff, His Word and Spirit. It's an extension of Himself into the life of the sheep. Keeping, encouraging, guiding, nudging the sheep upon the right pathway. And therefore the sheep ought to, must, and do 
love the guidance of the Word of God. And love the administration of the staff of God's Word in their life. Look forward to it. Look to it willingly to be guided by it in the preaching of the Word, especially on the Lord's Day, morning and evening. In the work of the elders, bringing that Word. This is the Word. The Word is being preached to me on the Lord's Day. I need this. I need this staff to come to me. And when it's being proclaimed morning and evening, I need this. I want this. Parents bringing the staff of the Word to their children, guiding them. Children, don't you love that? Don't you need that? It's an extension of God Himself. Jesus is the great shepherd into your life, touching you with His staff. Bring the Word to each other in our lives, different circumstances for encouragement, guidance, by our own personal devotions. The staff of the Word touches us. Sometimes that Word has to guide us by more than just nudging us around the edges to keep us on the right path or more than just tapping us on the bum to keep us moving along. Let's go. Sometimes it has to come to us to correct us and rescue us from ourselves. To say to us, but here you've gone off the path, but here you have followed your own desires or your own feelings, ones that were contrary to the Word of God and bring us back to the path. And when the heart is soft towards that in the sheep, when the heart is not rebellious, then that correcting word comes from the shepherd, still like that staff, and gently wraps its crook around the sheep and pulls it back to the path on which it must walk. We are told that there are times when shepherds are leading sheep, and the sheep would go off on its own, off of the path perhaps, chasing some berries, and it would get caught in a thicket or in a brush, or its feet stuck in the mud, and the shepherd would have to go with his shepherd's crook and pull that sheep back along the pathway. And the wandering was wrong. The wandering was sin in the typical reality. But where the heart is not hard, where the heart is aware, where the heart sees, then the sheep don't need the rod yet, but they need the staff. And the minister of the word in preaching, and the elders in ruling, and the deacons in their administering of the mercies of Christ in the church, and the parent in his parenting, and fellow church members in their dealings as true brothers and sisters with each other, must judge if it is appropriate to use the staff for correction or the rod for correction, as we'll talk about in a moment. To gently call and to gently lead back a sheep that has been pulled away by the berries of the world and has gotten itself into something. Or to use a rod of correction to bring them back. And here is the key with that question. Is the heart humble? Is this a sheep with a heart that is broken 
at its sin, that sees its sin, and is troubled by it, and therefore submissive to the will of God? Or is this a heart that is hard and rebellious to the will of Jehovah God? Is this a bruised reed? Or is this a stiff-necked, rebellious sheep with flint face towards the Word of God? Is this a case where a sheep must be slowly and surely brought along as he is submissive and humble to the Word of God? Or is this a sheep that has stuck his feet in and doesn't want to move? And the rod must come. It's not always evident on the surface. Sometimes nice words cover up for a hard heart. Or sometimes the heart that appears hard is quickly soft. And sometimes the use of the staff first will reveal finally if the heart is hard and a rod is needed. But this question is vital. Vital. Does this require staff? Or does this require rod? Is there a humility, submissiveness, or is there a hardness here? These are God's tools. These are Christ's tools. Thy rod and thy staff, they are to be administered properly as God himself would. And there are two ditches here, aren't there? Remember that God refused to let Moses enter into the promised land when Moses used rod when he should have used staff in his anger at the people of God. He struck the rock, but God was not angry with the people of God. God was administering staff to the people of God at that point, but Moses took out the rod. Remember David, and therefore Christ, the great shepherd in David, when he said at times to the captains of his army, what have I to do with thee, those sons of Zeruiah? You're too harsh with the people of God. All you know is rod. You have no staff that you carry with you. Everything was rod for them. And then think about the other ditch. Eli was punished by God with great consequences in his own family, but consequences that affected the life of Israel too. Because all he used was staff. All the time staff. And no rod. And his sons needed rod. All he had was gentle words. But his sons were hard hearted. And God says you did not restrain them. You did not bring the rod to them. And they needed the rod. And you refused to use it. Think of Christ. In the book of Revelation. Thinking or speaking to the church in Thyatira. I have somewhat against thee. Because you're allowing this woman Jezebel to run roughshod in the church and to destroy my people. And all you have is gentle words for her. You need to use the rod. Bring out the rod of discipline upon her. There's great dangers here. To fall to one ditch or to the other. And that danger is exacerbated by the fact that most of the time, most of us have a tendency to default to one way or to the other. Because of our personality God has given to us, or our experiences, or both, maybe even it changes in different parts of our life. But we all have a tendency more towards staff or more towards rod. 
And that's why Jesus took apostles, plural, and set them over the church. And had those apostles ordain elders, plural, to rule over the church together. And that's why he puts two parents, plural, into a house, normally. And if not, how many, how many around the single parent to help? And that's why he puts deacons, plural, into the office of deacon, that in the multitude of counselors, there might be wisdom, shepherd staff, or rod here. But it's not only the case, beloved, that individual persons often have a tendency towards one or towards the other. A certain culture generally might have a tendency towards one or toward the other. A certain family, a certain line of generations might have a tendency towards one or toward the other. Certain church cultures might have a tendency towards one or toward the other. Different congregations in a denomination might have different tendencies towards one or toward the other. And we constantly have to be examining ourselves and getting outside of ourselves and looking at ourselves. Are we going into a ditch of only staff? Are we going into a ditch of too much rod? Are we administering these properly in these situations and cases? But if we step back and get the biggest picture we can get of Christianity, at least in Western nations, I think we would have to say that the temptation today is to say that the shepherd only has a staff and that he does not have a rod. And that a rod's use cannot be possibly any work of a shepherd. And that there is no possible comfort that could be found in the shepherd's use of staff and rod. Thy rod and thy staff, they both comfort me. Is that your confession? The rod was reserved for times when a more intense application was necessary for the sake of the sheep, for the protection of the sheep, in love for the sheep, always out of love for the sheep. In a number of circumstances, the staff could not bring them back the right way. And the shepherds, seeing the hard-heartedness, the stubbornness, the rebellion of the sheep, would have to turn to his rod. No shepherd wanted to. No shepherd delighted in that. And if any shepherd does delight in that, there's a problem right there. But sometimes he had to. And we're told that Israelite under-shepherds, as still today, in some parts of the Middle East and Africa, would have to go so far as to break one of their sheep's legs so that it couldn't keep running away from them, so that they could pick it up and carry it back and preserve its life. An extreme measure, a last resort to be sure, for excessive stubbornness. And sometimes the rod, not in any physical sense obviously, sometimes the rod of the word has to come not to break a leg, but to break a heart. A 
heart that's hard. Always in wisdom. Always in the right way. Always with the right heart behind it. But with the understanding that whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. As a wise father, a careful administration of that rod, not to kill, but to restore, if God would grant it, the shepherd's rod. What an analogy this is. For the faithful church discipline exercised by elders in the church. With increasing intensity when more rebellion is obvious. An analogy for the preaching of the word sometimes. It sometimes has to issue rebukes from the pulpit, a hard word even. Always wisely, carefully, but hard words for the sake of the sheep, to preserve the sheep. Parents in the home, the rod, hard words of rebuke, always driven by love. Hard words of discipline, always driven by love. An application of various forms of discipline to the children, always used by love, but to rescue them. And if God would use it to break the hard heart and to make it soft. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of the enemy are deceitful. So the rod sometimes had to be used on the sheep themselves. But secondly, the rod had to be administered upon predators who would attack the sheep. The shepherd's staff for positive leading and guiding in the right direction that the sheep are generally going. Keep them going. Encourage them. Show forth the way positively that is forward. And then secondly with that staff to corral in a more gentle approach, gently leading and guiding back to the right path. The rod, a more intense correction to restore to the right path if God would grant that. And then the rod to deal a precise blow upon the lions and the bears that would attack the sheep. It's likely that when David killed the lion and later the bear that took one of his sheep, he did that with a rod. With the business end of that rod, a skilled shepherd knew exactly where to hit the predator with a strong, precise blow to defend the sheep. And so too, Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, uses the rod of his word to defend his sheep from predators. Not now striking the sheep themselves with that rod, but striking the predator himself. After all, the devil, as a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. And he must be hammered many times. And the rod of the great shepherd, through the use of the office bearers, does this. Christ used the rod that way himself. 
Think about the temptations, the attacks of the devil upon himself in the wilderness. And how he took out the rod of his word and precisely dealt with each temptation, slamming that rod, as it were, upon the head of the devil. It is written. So too, the ministry of the word must deal precise blows against false doctrine, against false ways of living. Hit it upon the head that those predators scurry away from the lives of the people of God in their own mind and heart and soul. The elders in their work overseeing the church of Jesus Christ must defend the church from false doctrine and false living Deacons must do that, deal precise blows at times when they administer the mercies of Christ and care for the people of God in their stewarding. And if office bearers refuse this, they are faithless to their calling. It's not the main thing. The main thing is the staff. But this has to be done too. And parents... Parents have to do this in teaching the Word of God. Dealing precise blows with the Word. This is against the Word of God, my child. In your life, this is against the Word of God. This, this teaching is against the Word of God. And hammering that lion that would attack their children. The third way the shepherd used this rod was to examine the sheep. judge the health of the sheep and to help heal the sheep in a deep manner. A good shepherd was not content to just look over his flock and see their health from an external and outward point of view, but he would go from sheep to sheep through his flock and use that rod to separate the wool on the sheep's back and to get to the skin. This wool was mangy. And the rod, he'd stick it in there and pull it back so that he could get to see, is there some sore or some disease on the skin, on the inside? This is part of what the Scriptures are speaking about in Ezekiel 20, verse 37, when God says, as part of His restoration of Israel, He will cause them to pass under the rod. The rod for examination is the good shepherd searches with the use of the rod of his word. His intention is not only to have sheep, but to make them grow. And he causes them to grow also by examining and by seeing, are there diseases, are there sores here? Sometimes sores that the sheep themselves are ignorant of. What a wonderful analogy for some of the processes in the life of a faithful reformed church. For confession of faith as young people and others come in to the consistory room and the consistory asks them questions. They examine them. They bring them under the rod of examination. What do you believe and what does this mean to you? And how does this affect your life? What an analogy for family visitation. Family visitation is starting again in our congregation here. As elders come into our homes, we give ourselves to this. We, we come under the rod of examination. 
And they ask us questions about our life. Are you living as a child of God ought to live? And the preaching of the word that's not content to just skim across the surface, but to go deep and to pull the wool back and to get to the heart and to the motives of the lives of God's people. And the parents who do the same in the parenting of their children get to the heart and the motive behind the children's behavior all with the purpose of leading them to the foot of the cross and to Christ and to a life lived for His glory. What sheep, when he stops to consider all this, would not want the presence of the staff and the rod in his life? What sheep when he really thinks about what this is, would chafe under this. It's the presence of the shepherd himself. Thou art with me by the staff and the rod. Thou art with me. This is my shepherd caring for me, loving me, leading me, guiding me, correcting me, pointing out to me my heart motives that are wrong. And this is the shepherd ultimately preserving me as his sheep, keeping me on the right path all the way until I get to his house, heaven itself. There's one more way that the shepherd used both now, the staff and the rod, and that was to count the sheep. Sometimes going through the flock, going through and tapping each sheep with one staff or the rod so that he counted to make sure they were all there. Sometimes if they were in one of these valleys of the shadow of death, which is not this massive big valley, but a very narrow ravine in the wilderness with high walls on both sides, sometimes so narrow that the sheep had to pass by single file, tapping each one as they go by, counting to make sure all of his sheep are with him as he goes along the way. Because that's the goal the shepherd has. That's the purpose of the staff and the rod to preserve his sheep to keep them with him and to keep them on the right path all the way so that he can take them home to be with himself that's why the sheep confess thy rod and thy staff they comfort me is that your confession that the use of the staff and the rod are a great comfort to you? Or do you cry out about it? Tyranny, tyranny! Thy staff and thy rod, they comfort me. To be sure, sometimes time is needed for the lambs to grow up to see that this is genuinely a comfort to them. Sometimes all of us have periods of of rebellion or doubt and we need to come back to the position where we see that the staff and rod in my life is a, is a comfort to me. But God's people, God's sheep, will say this. Thy rod and staff are a comfort to me. He's preserving me by this. And I can think back as a sheep in my life and I can see how He used the staff and the rod in my own life that He touched me with it and preserved me and kept me. 
that it was in fact an extension of his own self into my life and he was directly guiding me or or corralling me back or even with, with a harsher way he had to. I know he had to because I would have kept going if he didn't. Maybe a sermon so perfectly timed and the minister has no idea but the great shepherd does and he uses it and I know That was the shepherd himself touching my life. He was with me. His presence was corralling me, guiding me, leading me by his staff. Maybe a rebuke that had to come hard, but I needed it hard. Maybe through the the elder's work of, of caring for me over a long period of time, and it was the shepherd himself touching my life through them. I know it. Or maybe the elders had to come with a rod, but they needed to come with a rod. I can see that now looking back. And God used it to preserve me. I don't know where I would be far away from him if it wasn't for that. The shepherd was with me through staff and through rod. So that from the point of view of any individual person, Is it not the greatest danger for his own life that he says, I don't want your staff and your rod in my life anymore. And if dying in that confession is no sheep, the sheep will come to this. Thy rod and thy staff They comfort me, me, me. I can see it's his presence in my life guiding me, caring for me, leading me, correcting me. And it's a comfort to me too that he preserves the presence of his staff and rod all throughout my life as he does. He keeps them in the life of his sheep, to lead them and to guide them, to preserve them all through the way. Through green pastures, quiet waters, through the valley of the shadow of death, all the way until they're safely home. He's chosen to do it through weak and even sinful means, never perfect for his glory, but Somehow, perfectly, he cares for his sheep, leads them through an imperfect means so that he loses none of his sheep, none, but has each one numbered, knows them by name, keeps them until they're all brought safely home. Amen. Father, add thy blessing to the preaching of thy word. And bless the men in the offices as they administer staff and rod and bless us, Father, as thou dost administer thy staff and rod through them and through other means too. To thy glory, preserve us, Father. It is a comfort to us. It is thy presence in our life. Thy rod and thy staff, we confess. They comfort me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.